When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. WBC, nothing personal word of the day. It is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023, and the World Baseball Classic is back for the first time in six years. Play starts today, and guess what? It's pool play. It's on the Fox Networks. You've got Team USA stacked trying to defend its title from 2017 in a tournament that was started in a boardroom so many years ago, we talked about it, and we were so suspect of it. And the reason we were is we figured, who's gonna be interested in that? Let's just say we're doing it. This is the provenance of the WBC. Let's just say we're doing a tournament because then maybe we'll get back into the Olympics. This is back when, you guys may not remember this, you guys. Jeff Probst, come on in. It's not you guys, you gals, you non, binary, whatever it is, you all remember when the Olympics said no more baseball. Our feelings were so hurt in ownership meetings because when you're in those meetings, you think you're the most important people in the world and you think your sport's the most important sport in the world. And all of a sudden the Olympic committee, which at the time there was a guy on the committee whose name was Harvey Schiller and Harvey Schiller had worked in baseball before but in any case, baseball was out of the Olympics. So we said, let's do our own tournament. And the commissioner's office presented us with the financials. Here's what could happen. Here's how great it's going to be. We're going to do it and we're going to make money. And guess what? We're going to do it during spring training. The entire room goes silent like sphincter squozen. You couldn't shine a flashlight through anybody in that room. Why? because having your players play during spring training is not ideal. And over the years, the commissioner's office would spend time during meetings saying, I promise you, your players are not apt to get more injured because they participate in the WBC. And team presidents would say, excuse me, we're now paying our guy and he's hurt. Why are we doing that? Then they figured out, how about if we do some insurance? That'll make the owners happy. We'll insure all the players. And if a player gets hurt at any time from an injury sustained during the WBC, no problem, we'll make you whole. 
How about that? Are you all excited? Inside the owners' meeting, everyone went, ah, I'd rather have the player. We just saw an example this year. Clayton Kershaw was ready to tow the rubber. No pitch clocks in the WBC, by the way. Get ready for three-hour and 42-minute games. Netherlands-Cuba is tonight at 11 p.m. in Taiwan. I know you're tuning in, as you should. I mean, why wouldn't you want to watch Cespedes play? Yes, there's been a Cespedes sighting which is hard to imagine. So Clayton Kershaw ready to tow the rubber for the United States. And guess what? Oh, they couldn't get him insurance. No Clayton Kershaw. You think it's not business? Believe me, it's business. So Kershaw's out. Vladimir Guerrero, ah, I got a little tweak of the knee. I got to be ready for March 30th, opening day. See ya. The best excuse not to play was Carlos Correa. Outstanding. Love it. I'm having a baby and I'm having a baby. It's in the best interests of the baby and me and my wife and my team if I don't play. All right, that's the end of Carlos Correa. Some players really wanna play, some players really don't wanna play, but they wanna pretend that they wanna play so their country doesn't think that they don't wanna play, but then when they have an excuse not to play, they don't play. That sort of makes sense, doesn't it? But in any case, the WBC would grow and we had to do applications back at Pro Player Stadium and we had to work with the Dolphins people to apply and try to submit a bid to host. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is David Sampson and the bid process for the World Baseball Classic is rigged. It's not a big deal. They know exactly. What do you think? We didn't have a chance in Miami? Whether you're going to host it outside right now at Yankee Stadium? I can't imagine why New York hasn't hosted the WBC. Is that because the Yankees don't want to host it? No, it's March in New York. I'm freezing my kishkas off right now. The heat is blaring. So Miami got a chance to host, and it's fun. What's even more fun about it is that there's an opportunity to make money. Host cities get to make money. Host teams get to make money. No one ever comments on that because what are you going to do? You can't bid if you don't have a dome and you live in a northern city. Players love playing in Miami. We loved having fans. We love to convert them. The Marlins this year are hosting the finals and the early rounds. Unbelievable. They're going to make some definite extra cash, which is why their payroll is so high. So everyone is marketing this World Baseball Classic as the Titans Dominican Republic has a lineup to die for, even without Vladimir Guerrero. You've got the U.S. with Goldschmidt and Arenado and Sandy Alcantara, the Cy Young winner, starting for the Dominican. Great pitching. Edwin Diaz is on a team. Totally escapes me which one. Maybe it's Puerto Rico. Yadier Molina is managing a team. The Netherlands have been to the semis a few years in a row. There's a million great storylines. Why am I interested in the WBC as a team president? If I'm not making money from it, I'm not interested in it. And while I hesitate to say that in case the commissioner is listening, it's not that I don't support the WBC or I don't like the excitement or the fact that we want to grow the game globally. Because now that I'm not a team president, I'm in. I want to see all these guys. There's always great stories. Who's not rooting for Israel in the U.S. pool? Somebody is. I think they're in the same pool. Five pools, five teams. Four pools, five teams, 20 people. Four, eight, 69. Coca, 
Sorry, welcome back. By the way, Coke is back. He took three weeks off. He hasn't taken a vacation in like three years, but he's back. So, Coca, can we start that again? All right. No, just from, from where I was. Two, six, nine. There are four pools in the World Baseball Classic. There are five teams each, two teams of which will advance to the knockout round, which is the quarterfinals. Then from that, you get to the semis and the finals. The finals will be on March 21st on Fox and the Fox-related networks. Was that all right? All right. You can print that. Book it. All right. Prediction time. Here we go. Ready? Do you know what Ichiro told me about the World Baseball Classic when I asked him whether he was going to participate in the 2017 World Baseball Classic? Can you confirm what I'm saying, Coca? Because we didn't talk about this pre-show. I am 99.9% sure that Ichiro did not play in the 2017 World Baseball Classic. And the reason he did not play, and this entire next three sentences is predicated on Coconut yelling in my ear that he did play. But the reason that he did not play is that it is so serious in Japan. And this was when the United States had not yet taken it too seriously. And they had done so poorly in the first few World Baseball Classics. I think they were in 09 and 13. And then the U.S. took it seriously in 17 and won the damn thing. That he did not feel that he was ready to perform at that point to the level that would be expected and should be expected of him. And he has the pride, which he should have, as the greatest player to ever come out of Japan, with apologies to Shohei Otani if he can do it for another 15 years. By the way, Shohei Otani is playing for Japan, has so much pressure on him. Japan wants to win this thing. And guess what? They are going to win this thing. My prediction is that Japan, who is not the favorite, I believe the Dominican Republic is the favorite, followed by the U.S., followed by Japan. I think you can probably get value of maybe plus 280 if you go to the right book. Legal, of course. Thank you, Coca. Ichiro did not play in 2017. He certainly wanted Japan to win. I think Yelich did play in 2017. They were excited. You got Trout playing. Bryce Harper was going to play but got hurt, so he can't play. U.S. wants to defend it. What's cool about the WBC to me is that in the beginning, the American players had no sense of national pride. They didn't really care, and they got embarrassed. So it's not that they care now about the World Baseball Classic. They just don't want to be embarrassed. So for them, they might as well win it. The problem is, in Japan, they've got the greatest player on earth, and a team of people, including the new Red Sox leadoff left fielder, who neither will lead off nor play left field in theory. We'll see what the Red Sox do, who are off to a great start. Can we do a side note on spring training? Are you all excited that the Red Sox are undefeated in spring training? It doesn't matter. You know what does matter? To me, at least. That today at 4 p.m. is tag day. What a concept that the National Football League has. I absolutely love it. You're tagged. Talk about using players as cattle. We're tagging you. I wonder what's next, like branding. We're going to brand you. We're making you stay on the team. That's right, Lamar, you're a raven. I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe it did happen. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe I don't know whether it happened. Doesn't matter. It's tag day. Guess who got tagged yesterday? Derek Carr. Free agent deal, four years with the New Orleans Saints. Can you imagine? Do you know what the New York Jets are doing right now? They're trying to figure out, hey, is the music still playing? 
I can't hear it. Is it plain? Because when it stops, we need a quarterback. Because we're not sure that Mike White, as good a kid as he is and was, or Zach somebody, God damn it, Coca. What is that guy? Zach Wilson. I wonder how, how Zach Wilson feels. You're our guy. Coach said at the end of the year, even though you got benched, but you're our guy. But we'd really rather have Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or anybody with a pulse. How about Gino getting $105 million, that quarterback from the Seahawks? For, unbelievable. The money that quarterbacks are making. I guess it's the most important position on the field, offense or defense. The Jets are wondering what they're going to do. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you've been out of the dark. He's been in the light long enough that he's ready for another bout of darkness. Is he going to retire? Is he going to be a Packer? They don't want him. Is he going to get traded? Who's going to trade for him? The Jets will. What are the Jets going to give? He's not going to walk away from 50 plus million dollars. Tag day is the day that you have to decide who you're going to keep on your team. And if you give them an exclusive tag, they're your team. You've signed them. A non-exclusive tag and you're sort of free agent. We talked about it yesterday. Teams are figuring out what to do, and it's always done with fear. This is when you call members of the media and you're trying to figure out what's happening, who's going to tag who, who free agents are speaking to, how many teams did Derek Carr, what are you bidding for? Not collusion, but what are you offering? What do you think? You think he wants to be on the Saints? What are they going to do with Winston, their existing quarterback? How does that call go? Here's what you do if you're a good executive. Right after you have an agreement with Derek Carr that's signed, you call up Winston before it leaks. You've got about one second to do it. So what we do, and I've done this actually, you have a player that you know you're signing, and before you make it official with the commissioner, when you've got the signature but the commissioner has not approved it yet, you call the person who's impacted because once it hits the commissioner's office, it's almost like when you send something to the commissioner, it immediately goes to the union and immediately goes to the press. So you'd call up a player and say, hey, just so you know, We've signed this person and that's going to impact you as the number one starter or you as the starting shortstop, whatever the case may be. Like the San Francisco Giants clearly spoke to Brandon Crawford before they signed Carlos Correa and then had to call back Crawford and say, ah, just kidding. You're back at shortstop. You were always going to be shortstop. We were going to move that guy to third, even though Scott Boris said we'd never move him. So I guess the call goes into Winston to say, yeah, we're, we're going to be signing Derek Carr. Just want you to know we appreciate everything you've done, but, you know, we had a chance here and, and we're going to go with Carr. And Winston says, that's great. What about me? What do you want me to do? Because you owe me millions of dollars. They're going to have to release him, which is so unbelievable to me. So I guess when you are Zach Wilson, you're waiting for a call from Joe Douglas. I guess Joe would call him if they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. You wouldn't want him to read about the trade, would you? Or get a tweet about the trade. It's just not good form. It makes you look bad. Douglas has been doing this job long enough. He knows the Jets need something. God knows long-suffering Jets fans need something. It's just hard for me to know what it is. It's not Aaron Rodgers, I'll tell you that. Do you think it'll be weird if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and follows the exact same path that Brett Favre did where Brett Favre got divorced from the Packers, then went to the Jets, and there was a quarterback in waiting, and his name was Aaron Rodgers, and now there's a quarterback in waiting, and his name is Jordan Love, and still it's possible that Rodgers will follow Favre and go to the Jets? I wonder if that means if you're a Vikings fan that you're all pumped up because Aaron Rodgers is coming to you next. The Jets are so bad. 
I guess when you're 11 and 23 in the last two years, you got to figure that it's time to do something different. But do you look at Aaron Rodgers and say, oh, he just needed better receivers or he just needs a better team? Or do you just realize that he actually doesn't give a crap about any of you? The fans, the teams he plays for, none of it. He's good content. I like watching him once a week with McAfee, but that doesn't mean that he's someone I want on my team. And all these teams are like counting on having him. You can't be the Jets going into tag day saying, we're desperate, we're desperate. I would be out there. I don't know why they're not. Stand up and tell your fans, we are ready to go with the team we have. And you cannot see my fingers and toes crossed because my hands are in my pants and my toes are in my shoes. What about if you're a Packers GM? Why aren't you talking about Aaron Rodgers? Why aren't you making and make a decision? Why did, you know what? I would take charge of the situation and say, Aaron, we've made the decision. Jordan Love will be the starting quarterback. Just FYI, we're happy to have you back. We're happy to not have you back. You want to retire? Great. You want your agent to work out a trade? Fine. Here's what it's going to take. I mean, for Christ's sake, Jordan Love, this is his fourth year in the league. He hasn't played. This is the exact time, Aaron, that you got a job. This thing's coming to an end. You know what, Coca? I'm ready to have it come to an end right now. Aaron Rodgers will not take a snap for the Green Bay Packers this season. What do you think of them apples? That's too aggressive for a wait to see, isn't it? Because what if Jordan Love gets, wait a minute, do you think that Aaron Rodgers could be a clipboard quarterback and then go in if Jordan Love gets hurt, like in spring training or whatever they call it, NFL preseason, or in the first few games, and then in comes Aaron Rodgers with his clean uni, former MVP, one of the greatest of all time with the same number of Super Bowls as the rest of them, Uno, but he comes in, no, not happening. If Aaron Rodgers gets told by the Packers that he's the backup, he will either make sure he's traded or he'll just retire. But do you really walk away from $50 million? What would Danica say? What would Shaleen say? What would his guy in the dark say? It's definitely not happening. So it's very stressful, isn't it? Deadlines, trade deadlines, tag deadlines. Everyone gets sort of nervous around front offices during these times because you know the owner's involved because you don't tag a player without talking to the owner you don't trade a player without talking to the owner i used to like being in conversations because sometimes you have a gm you can have a president of baseball operations a gm you can have the head of player personnel you've got the manager and everyone's calling before we had cell phones everyone would be on the phone or we'd fly people in so you're all in the same room now during the off season around tag day we just have a text chain everyone wondering whether the moves will be helpful to them in their careers. I've always viewed the Jets and Woody Johnson as sort of an interesting team because they've had zero winning, but constant optimism. I think those go together with teams that aren't successful. I think they do. I think the Jets are an interesting case study here because the coach is under pressure right Robert Sala Sala if I get his name wrong one more time Coca just get me off the show just get me off the show it's totally fine I think he's got to be feeling pressure can't win two years in Joe Douglas has to be feeling more because you start with the GM I don't think they'll fire Robert all right I'm good here's what we're gonna say ready wait to see Aaron Rodgers 
will be a New York Jet. There, I said it. The New York Jets will overpay to get Aaron Rodgers. They'll find a way to make it happen because the Packers are going to tell Aaron Rodgers they're going with Jordan Love. How about that, Coca? Let's make it official. Wait to see Aaron Rodgers ends up on the quarterback carousel and he gets off on Broadway following Joe Namath leading the New York Jets to not the Super Bowl. Let's make it a double wait to see. I love it. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and they don't make the Super Bowl. Okay. I think it'll be great. Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers in New York? The guy has been so sheltered by Green Bay. First of all, he'll start dating someone in Hollywood again because Shalene is way happier and Danica is way happier to be in New York than in Green Bay. I love Wisconsin. I love Green Bay. Don't get me wrong. Believe me, there is nothing in the world like a game day at Lambeau Field. Nothing. It's the number one. It is the number one cathedral of sports. You can at me all you want. Notre Dame, Michigan, the big house, Wrigley, Fenway, no chance toilet pants. Go to Lambeau and then tell me you haven't been to the mountaintop and felt God in the darkness. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to New York. Media is going to surround him. He's going to be grumpy and lose a lot. Wait to see. All right, we come back. Speaking of grumpy old men, we'll review the new Tom Hanks movie, and then we have an update on John Morant. And for all of you Memphis Grizzly fans, for the 2,269 of you watching from the Memphis area, we have some bad news about what's going on with your guy, John Morant. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Matt Coke is back, baby. March 7th. Show 767. Actual show. I think we're like in the 880s for total Nothing Personal episodes. What a run we've had. Amazing, Coca. Please, we, me, well, Coca, we're partners. You should get that in writing, by the way. We are responsible for nothing personal. So it matters. Please subscribe, rate, review. Go to YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. Subscribe there too. Watch a movie every day. Tom Hanks is on my list, as you know. I have a list of actors and actresses. When they come out with a movie, I'm watching it. I don't care if it gets 4.2 and a Rotten Tomato score of 20. I don't care if it's the number one movie talked about 
by a mean on his podcast for all the crappy rated Rotten Tomato movies. Tom Hanks is in a new movie called A Man Called Otto. Otto is a grumpy widower. That doesn't seem all that uplifting, does it? The guy from The Lincoln Lawyer plays his across-the-street neighbor in a little development that has, I've never seen a development like this in the world. And granted, I maybe just don't see a lot of developments, but I've lived in for a lot of years, double fricking nickel. Golly, by the way, I have noticed that I am two days removed from Vegas and I still feel like absolute A double S. I didn't, didn't, it didn't used to be that way. Do you find that as you're getting older, your recovery from partying takes a little longer? I am finding that my ability to bounce back after a three-day bender is slightly worse than it used to be. When you can actually no longer carry on the bags under your eyes, that you have to check them, that may be a sign that you went a little hard. But in this development, you've got a grumpy widower. You have new neighbors across the street who need stuff because somehow the husband gets hurt, so the grumpy old man has to fix stuff. Then you've got an annoying neighbor and then an animal and then a landlord who's trying to do something nefarious. It sounds ordinary, doesn't it? But a man called Otto is quite endearing because Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. And he makes the character equal parts annoying, lovable, compulsive, interesting, and at the end, emotional. You know the character arc. You know that the grumpy old man, the angry old man, listens to the Billy Joel song and says, I don't want to be remembered like that. And all of a sudden has a rebirth. That's how it works. Man Called Otto is a movie that is going to be ordinary unless you love Tom Hanks, in which case it's about two letters shy of extraordinary. Is it worth your time? Don't pay for it. But if you already have Apple, I think I watched it on Apple. I think, did I pay for it? I can't even remember. That's so terrible. I didn't mean it to come off that way. That's not a humble brag. I just watched so many movies and it's sort of a cost. Yeah, if you're watching, yeah, it's around tax time. Yeah, it's deductible. It's for work. That sounds crazy, but I got the proof. Subscribe, rate, review, IRS. I can deduct $4.99 every day. Sometimes it's $19.99 if the price is right. Man called Otto. I have a story. Can we go to story time here? off the subject, sort of on the subject. I'm not making light of what's going on with John Morant. I'm not. The privilege that we have in professional sports is much more significant than it used to be. In the good old days of yonder, there were commercial flights and Amtrak trains. Walking through airports, airport security, all of those things because players were treated as though they were regular people. Then all of a sudden, a little more money got in the game, like with the WNBA where they're saying there's more money, give us a charter. That's what happened with the NBA, MLB. We want our own rooms on the road and we want our own planes. Do you know what players don't do on the planes? Put their seatbelts on. You know what they don't do? unrecline their seats for landing. You know what else they don't do? Go through security. Uh-oh. 
Does that mean they can bring open containers on a plane? Hell yeah. Does that mean they can bring dope? Do people call it dope? Weed, ganja, yep. They can't smoke on the plane. That's one thing, we never allowed cigarette smoking on the plane. Even when cigarette smoking was still allowed on commercial planes, we did not allow it on the team plane. So the players who smoked would have to smoke before getting on the plane and right when they got off the plane. The bus, the team bus picks you up at the stadium and it drives right onto the tarmac. You get right on the plane. Two buses, staff bus, and on the staff bus go broadcasters and players who have wives, if your team lets wives travel. The other bus is all players. Two ways up the plane, up the back, up the front. I'm talking about the plane, sometimes only up the front, in which case bus one goes on first because I want my seat. You have an assigned seat if you're in the staff, coaching staff, executives. The players assign their own seats based on seniority. They decide where they want to sit. There's car tables, keep food out, catered, Chick-fil-A, some burgers, in and out various healthy stuff, salads, P.F. Chang's. <laughs> but then TSA said, you know, I don't think we're too thrilled with players and staff just getting on a plane. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wand a couple people. It's my favorite. There's a list that is generated because there's a passenger manifest that has everybody flying. Some of the new rules, these tough rules for these charters for teams. Then the traveling secretary gets a list of players that are gonna be wanted and a list of staff who are gonna be wanted. If I said that, I meant to. Then the traveling secretary goes to the players and says, hey, you were randomly selected, randomly selected. Guess who we're not gonna randomly select? People that we think may have got the weed. They're not looking for weed. They're not looking for alcohol. They're not looking for anything except autographs. And I am not impugning the job that TSA does in the airports. I am not saying that they are not good at their jobs. What I am saying is the security is not exactly T-I-G-H-T. It's not like you're sticking the weed pen in your panties. So you get on the plane, you unpack, you sit down, start playing cards, start doing whatever you're doing. The traveling secretary starts walking up and down the aisle, handing out money, some cash sometimes for per diems. Start gambling, eating, playing music. The captain comes on and says, welcome back, boys. Great road trip. Or what I heard most of my career, welcome back, boys. We're almost home. <laughs> I'm afraid that's not happening much anymore since John Morant potentially had a gun on the plane. We had one guy. Wow, I don't think I've ever told anyone this. I must have. Coke, did I tell you the one about the time we were flying out of Canada with the Expos and we were going into the United States and one of the people on the team charter had so many drugs that it actually got caught. And we had a major problem that we were able to sweep under the rug by taking care of it and the way you take care of it. And I don't mean by bribing. We just said, oh man, that's terrible. That's for pain 
management. <laughs> it happens. We actually had to fire the person, I believe. I assume we would have. I think we should have. I remember wanting to fire the person because it held up the plane for like an hour. I was far more annoyed about that than the stupidity of the employee. What could be more stupid than bringing a firearm on a plane? Just asking for the people who've gotten arrested for having a firearm at an airport. Oh, I totally forgot it was in my bag. You should be arrested just for forgetting you had a gun in your bag. This is not about how anti-gun I am. It's about how anti-stupid I am. Is it really possible that John Morant had a gun on a team plane? I hope not. Is it possible that he had a gun in a nightclub? Well, that's a funny word. Let's say it better. Ready? Two, eight, six, nine. Is it possible that he had a gun in a strip club? A gentleman's club? The NBA's got a situation with John Morant that are investigating. They got to figure out they're going to cooperate with the police department in Glendale, Denver, Colorado. They're trying to figure out what happened, trying to figure out whether any gun laws were violated. Meanwhile, Memphis has to figure out how the hell they're going to get him back in the lineup because they need him back in the lineup. The reason they need him back in the lineup is that without him, they have no chance. The teams figured, the Memphis Grizzlies said, we got a problem. They're coordinating with the NBA. You can't suspend a player without going to the NBA first. So they suspended him for two games. Then they made it indefinite. Then they said, we're helping him get the help he wants. And then they did what teams do when you've got your superstar with a problem. There's no players only team meetings or team meetings with your coach and with your president when it's the 12th man who is away from the team. Trust me, never had a team meeting for a problem with a guy who sucks. Always have a team meeting when your superstar has done something. So the Memphis Grizzlies, they have a team meeting trying to figure out what to do. There's rumors about it. Steven Adams, their player on the Grizzlies, apparently talked about wanting more accountability on the road, trying to get players to not misbehave. I'm not exactly sure if he realizes what players do every single night on the road, every night on the road. I'm sure the Atlanta Hawks went back to their hotel during their last four days on South Beach every night at 9 p.m. and went night-night alone after kissing their wife and kids goodnight. Yep, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. How does that team meeting go? Do you think Stephen Adams stands up and said, guys, no more brandishing firearms. Let's get our shit together. Let's go. Come on. You don't need a team meeting for that. And if you do, you got a problem with your leadership of your team, either your player or your coach. It's very dangerous to give this much power to players. We talked about it yesterday, and I, it means more to me today as I thought about it overnight. You invest so much in these players. You want them to care so much. And there they are parting their knickers off on the road and at home doing things that are inappropriate for anyone. But when you have millions invested and so much is on the line, it's a nightmare. Do you think John Morant, you know what we never did? I probably should have done this, Coca. I never went through individual state-by-state state anything other than who charged income tax and who didn't. I never went through the different firearm laws or the different abortion laws. I never went through the different legal age limits. I guess I should have done all that in every state. You know, in Colorado, it is open carry, which 
whatever. You know, you can't do it on federal property or you can't do it while you're drinking. I can't believe you need a law to tell people not to have a gun while they're drunk. I like that. I guess we do need a law. You know what else we should have a law for? Flushing. Why isn't that a law? Shouldn't that just be common knowledge? Practice? But it's not. And have you ever been in a public bathroom? Some things should just be elementary, my dear. But for Watson and others, it's not. So I guess I should have told my team that in Colorado, don't drink and have a gun. By the way, if you're in the NBA, there's a pretty clear rule. Don't have a gun when you're doing anything with your team. Team plane, team train, team bus, team court, nothing. Don't do it. John Morant violated that for sure. I think the NBA is going to have to get involved here, and they're so livid, right? It is literally the last thing they wanted to do. You remember that story of um, he was the, uh, the Washington Bullets guy. Ooh, that's funny. I wonder why the Washington Bullets changed their name to the Washington Wizards. I cannot believe I'm thinking about this for the first time. Their name was the Washington Bullets for my whole childhood. Does anyone remember that? They won a championship as the Bullets. What a bizarre team name. I never thought about it, Coco. Hold on. Seriously, hold on. That's so strange. It was that Gilbert Arenas, remember, he had a gun in the locker room? It was the end of that. <sighs> How about the Grizzlies? How are they doing? 12 and 20 on the road. Do you think it's because John Moran goes to strip clubs with guns? No, not at all. I've never found a correlation between good road teams and teams who don't party. It's not like an inverse correlation. You don't all of a sudden become a good road team because you go to bed on time or you're a bad road team because you party too much. It's like the whole South Beach flu thing to me. What do you got in the South Beach flu? Is that a real thing? It was back in the day. I think players just can make South Beach anywhere they are in any city now. They figured out where the partying is with a few exceptions. No, I'm not thinking just about you, St. Louis. Although I do think about you in St. Louis all the time. Well, the Atlanta Hawks did it just as we knew they would. We had the Hawks plus three against the Heat. Guess what? The Hawks only lost by two. Hell yeah. We are 30 and 33 with one of the great picks of the day of all time. The anti-South Beach flu pick. It's such a strange post-COVID thing. As I told you yesterday, I find it very bizarre. Very bizarre when you stay in a city and play a team twice. You just shouldn't do that. It's actually a disadvantage. I mean, watching the end of that Heat game, how many times are you on the wrong side of that? A total backdoor buzzer three-pointer? I mean, how many times? It doesn't really work that well. But we won. All right, what's our pick for today? I like the plus money. Do you know, can you name one player on the Orlando Magic? Just one player. Is it raining where you are? One player. Okay. Magic plus seven and a half versus the Bucks. Orlando is the best team you've never heard of that you can't name one player on. Orlando's going to be a playoff team damn soon. Could it be this year? Not out of the question. Next year? Year after? Conference finals? 
Speaking of the Bucks, did you see what they did with Giannis? We didn't get to it yesterday, and I wanted to on the show. Giannis did something that drives me absolutely crazy. He gave himself a triple-double, and I find it to be insulting. Giannis is too good for that. You are not Russell Westbrook. You are the best player in the NBA. Don't throw up a layup and purposefully miss it and get the rebound to get your triple-double. Why? For what? Get another ring, Giannis. The NBA came out with a ruling today eliminating Giannis's triple-double. How embarrassing is that? There's a rule in the NBA, I love this rule, that you do not get credit for a rebound if you have rebounded your own shot on a field goal attempt that you had no intention of making. All field goal attempts must be made with an intent to make them. Giannis throwing up a layup brick on the rim. He can dunk barely on his tiptoes. Rebound went away, so does triple-double. He even admitted he stole a triple-double. Why would why do that? Oh, I know why. I actually do know why. Do you know how it works next year when you're going over a player and you say Giannis, who in 2023 had five triple-doubles, tries to defend his second MVP, blah, 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 blah. It just becomes a stat. No one remembers. It's like if you need a triple for the cycle no say it better if you need a double for the cycle and you in the ninth inning you hit the ball in the gap and you stop at second when you could have taken third because you wanted the cycle and you think that we didn't talk to our players about that yes we did because the marlins never had a cycle in their whole franchise history so when a player had a chance for a cycle we'd say to the player if it's not impacting the game take the cycle if you can get a double and only need a single and the game's over, we're up five, we're down five, take the single. I wonder if front offices do that anymore, Coca. I actually really do wonder that. Magic plus seven and a half versus the Bucks on a dream backdoor Johnson. Speaking of dreams, not backdoor Johnsons, the White Sox have woken up from their nightmare. The White Sox who kick off this season, March 30th, trying to rebound from maybe the most disappointing season in years for any team. Huge free agent signing with Mike Clevenger. Not an embarrassment. Not really due to anything other than the fact that he's being overpaid for a skill that he used to have that he doesn't really have anymore. But that's not what caused the uproar. The uproar is that they sign him as a free agent without realizing that he's been investigated by MLB. And Jerry Reinsdorf and others on the White Sox were obviously despondent beyond repair, getting more bad PR, saying, how could you not know? How is there so little communication? Forget confidentiality. How is there so little communication that you could sign a free agent who's being investigated? It's not the Padres' responsibility, even though they knew about it. What are they, why are they gonna tell the White Sox? Let the White Sox sign him. Give them the bad PR. Well, it was announced yesterday that MLB has concluded their investigation. And wouldn't you know it, just in the nick of time to save face 
for the Chicago White Sox to make sure this didn't become a big problem, MLB said that Mike Clevenger is all good. There's nothing to see here. We investigated the reports and we conclude no problem. Hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot since it was announced. I'm wondering whether or not allowing the White Sox to save face was a factor. Am I saying that the Department of Investigations is not good at their job? They're the best in the business, actually. I know that for a fact. The people who run that department in MLB do really good work and a lot of it. There are investigations going on that would make your hair stand on fire. And let's mix some more metaphors here on a random Tuesday. But what happens if MLB wants to ensure that an owner doesn't get upset and cause issues when there's so many issues facing the game and you're trying to keep blocks of votes from coming together and it's a borderline case. Wait a minute, I'm talking myself into it, aren't I? I can talk myself into the results of the investigation showing that it's all good. No suspensions required. Let him pitch. Let him play. All's well in the world. Hmm. Mike Clevenger came out with a statement saying, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that MLB has concluded its investigation. Yeah, you're not the only one, Mike. I had nothing to hide and cooperated fully with MLB. I like when players say that in statements. I like when teams do that's a typical statement. We're not going to have any comment, but we are fully cooperating with MLB. We're fully cooperating with the NFL. We fully support the joint domestic abuse policy. Every team says the same thing. It's in the boilerplate statement. I like when players say that I cooperated fully. You mean as opposed to perjuring yourself? We appreciate your cooperation. This situation has been stressful for my family and I thank them for their strength and support. Okay? I asked everyone not to rush to judgment until MLB's investigation was concluded. And I appreciate everyone who had faith in me, including the White Sox organization and my teammates. Um, if you ask every member of the White Sox front office right now, if they had an opportunity to not have signed Mike Levenger, what do you think they would say? I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> they likely would have said, pass. I'm looking forward to the 2023 season. And here's what we love to hear from players. And helping the White Sox win a championship this year. Coca, talk to me right now. What are the odds of the White Sox winning the World Series? Let me see if I can guess them. I'm going to go plus 5,500. Is that in the neighborhood? I would think so. Whatever it is. This is true. I have no idea what the White Sox World Series odds are. But the odds are it's not really good. Oh, I was close. It's plus 3,000. It's the middle of the pack. Maybe 18, 19. Coca, is that right? Somewhere around then? But it's so cool when players want to win and they want to help their team win a championship. What we normally say when you're 13th favored to win the championship we'd like your statement to say this i'm looking forward to the season and helping the white Sox win a championship 
The reason why a player on a one-year contract says this year is because the player's on a one-year contract. He's not interested in helping them win a championship in any year, only this year. That's funny to me. Well, baseball's back tonight. Tune in. You're going to be excited. 11 p.m., don't forget, World Baseball Classic, Netherlands, Cuba, tonight. Enjoy the World Baseball Classic. And if you don't want to root for anyone, you should root for Japan or the U.S. But if you don't want to, or Dominican, or Netherlands, or Israel, or the Czech Republic, or Italy, Mike Piazza. But if you really have no reason to root for anyone, then I would just root for the fact that there aren't going to be injuries. Because even with the World Baseball Classic, for every single executive in baseball and every agent of every player, say it with me, it's just business. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.